welcome to Oakham Bros. This is Eric. I'm Michael. And if you want to learn about the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling, movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, writing, books, business, health, family, and mediumship, smash that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, and press that noti icon, and spread this video around like cream cheese on a bagel. <laughs> love it so today we have on sin from sin's corner on youtube where she discusses and critiques movies and tv shows among other things yes. one question well first of all thank you for coming on sin yeah thank you so much for having me you guys Thanks. where i wanted to start with you know i didn't find other channels like this very often where you're just so conversational and it's not scripted we're like that too. We don't like having a script. We don't like having any, we'll do a little bit of research on a person mm. where we'll say, you know, here's one question that we're going to ask them and then we'll just take it from there. 100%. But generally speaking, we're, we're like a hundred percent not scripted was yep. having a rehearsed show or a scripted show ever on the table for you. No, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if that was the way I was going to do it, then I would not be able to have the YouTube channel. I did have some, I do have another channel under my my uh, my alias in the um, in the literary world because I work in books and audiobooks, mm -hmm. and so I was doing reviews there, and I would get my face all done, you know, because the lights and everything, and I would have a script out, and I would in a but it was so long. It's hard. It just it, I and I had no time because I was working, you know. And right. audiobooks, but I wanted to talk about this stuff. So finally, I just was like, I, I want to talk about stuff. I'm sick of listening to audiobooks, honestly, <laughs> because that's what I do for a living. But I want to talk about stories. So that's how Sin's Corner got started. That's incredible. And I got to tell you, as like a sequel channel, like if you ever want to go into like the bad side of things, you have to do like Sin City. Okay. <laughs> and like C Y N C I T Y, <laughs> just saying it's like a, it's a, like a different backup channel, like talking about like <laughs> bad movies or something. <laughs> yeah. So I so I love your channel. I love what you do. You're oh, so I, you. your your reaction videos are adorable. They're so <laughs> real. They're great. And like Eric and I are massive Carlin fans. Bill Burr. Like oh yeah, those Eric guys are I, so great. But but I really want to ask, and we're gonna get to the comedian soon. Yeah. Terminator two. Oh. All right, I, we could probably talk about this for the next hour. But oh, like, yes. <laughs> why is that your number one movie? Oh, my goodness. Because to me, it is the perfect blend of action, downtime, storytelling, character development and growth, mm -hmm. and acting, and the just the choreography of everything. It's just, I absolutely love it. I am obsessed with that movie. I always really? have been. Yeah, and before had, that, it was The Terminator. We had a laser disc. Of oh Terminator my goodness! Two. Remember the big, the big, big, big. Series? Yes, the record. Yes. It was like a record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric and I watched that movie so much it wore out. Oh, I'm, I'm really? not joking. Yeah, Eric and I watched I Terminator Two. Oh yeah, yeah. You I know what it was? Watching those types of movies that I grew up with. It's one thing to watch them when you're 10, 15, 16, but then all of a sudden I'm 38 years old. Watching those movies now you connect so much more with the characters yeah. you remember everything from the movies but you don't remember the nuances of what james cameron was actually trying to convey right. of of the love that she actually had for her son and like that right. is that is so amazing i love watching movies and then going back to them 15 years later like my my greatest example of that is the movie tommy boy you okay i've it, never seen that actually oh man yeah. tommy boy is a great movie it's and about that's simple that's sinful. <laughs> <laughs> it's about growing up. And you would think it's just the SNL Chris Farley movie. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's funny, but the the meaning behind it is is phenomenal. So I, I want to go. I want so give me the other four movies, Sin. Give me all right. So T2 is is your top one. And that's a that's an amazing number one movie. Yes. As a as a favorite movie. My personally was There Will Be Blood. Eric's okay. um, haven't the, seen that. Sin. I think it's because I'm. Eric, did you vet her? Ridiculous. <laughs> I did zero research. So. Okay. <laughs> Is it okay? But see, here's the thing. It's it's funny because I love movies, but there are certain genres that are my favorite. Like and what? Isn't, like what? Okay. Like what? So horror, action, thriller, adventure, mystery, suspense. I'm not super crazy about comedy. That's probably why I've stayed away from Tommy Boy. Right. And I'm also 
there, there are some actors that just aren't, but they just don't grab my attention. And isn't right. what's his name in There Will Be Blood, that actor that is so hyped up is one of the best. What is yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis? He doesn't do a thing for me. So really? I've really? never been interested. I know it's so you're more like you're more like a Bruce Willis Stallone. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, Arnold, definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So give me give me your top five. T2, we, we've established as, as your number one favorite movie. What are okay. the other four? Oh gosh. Now see, I did a top my top 10 video several months ago. And I gotta try to remember the exact order because sometimes they can shift around. But it's I fine. believe yeah. 10, my number one obviously is Terminator 2. Right. My number 1.5, which I did that because I mean That's I good. had to, you know. That's good. The Terminator. Sure. <laughs> and then number two was Wonder Woman. All right. Because she was just a childhood hero of mine. And I was so, so happy to see that she was just magnificent. And she was real life, you know, the yep. real life portrayal of her. What did you screen. think of? What did you think of 84? I think we should get to that after the top five list. Okay. <laughs> because that, that's going to be a have, whole other conversation. I have stuff to say about that, too. Yeah. And number three, I believe, uh, might have been The Dark Knight. Yeah. Right. Great. And Definitely. number four might have been. Um, Underworld. Yeah. So you great. see the type of stuff I'm into. You gotta read. I gotta get. I'm gonna get you Monsterland. I'm gonna get you my book Monsterland. I, you know, I looked for that last night to see if you don't. You guys don't have a digital. Uh, you don't have a digital. I bought the rights back because oh, okay. I bought. I bought the rights back because the rights expired with my current publisher. And and I don't want this podcast to be about me. We want to talk about you. But I bought the rights back because. As the news said yesterday, uh, you know, in, in the podcast, uh, it's being turned into a feature right. film screenplay. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's it, so it's, exciting. It is, and um, you know, Scott Brick narrated the yes. audio book, which is like having Steven Spielberg direct your you movie. Lucky thing! It, I swear to God, yes, <laughs> that yeah, was from so Kevin, great. That was from Kevin J. Anderson. That was Kevin that was J. Anderson. Like Scott Brick's my best friend. I'll get him to narrate your book. I'm like. <sighs> I mean, the guy who narrated Jurassic Park. Sure, I'll I'll take it. You know, <laughs> no problem. I, he's like one of my favorite narrators. So he's, I, uh, I mean, he brought the book to life. And the problem is yeah. now is that I added an additional thirty five thousand words onto the first version of this. So I, you know, if Scott will do it again when it comes time to it. But I want to talk to you either on air or after the show about your manuscript skills. I sure. need I need help with this because I I'm a writer and yeah, I love that you proofread manuscripts this is very I, I do i i'm i'm an editor i'm also an audiobook proofer so i, need, I do i need someone books. like you in my life <laughs> okay. uh, my mother too my mother's a writer as well and, oh awesome um, yeah yeah no we we definitely we got to talk um all right so wonder number woman five. Oh, your five was underworld right i think no that was number four i think okay. and uh, and i think number five was the lost boys Oh my god, that's like a pretty flawless <laughs> list, honestly. Like it's a really, really good list. No Tarantino. No, like not I mean, a, yeah. I like I like his stuff. It's it's not that I don't like his stuff. It's just for my top ten. Or the, when I did that video, I think I mentioned that it has to do with rewatchability. Like mm -hmm. how often would I be inclined mm -hmm. to rewatch something, and what sort of feelings does it generate in me? Like my some of the stuff below five were things like the Black Stallion, the Secret of Nim, you know. And I don't watch those favorite. things all the time, but that's such an awesome movie. I love that. Movie. You know what I watched the other day, Sin, and I right. haven't seen this movie since kindergarten. No, oh, no baloney. The Dark Crystal. Oh, that and movie. Yeah, I watched Dark Crystal from start to finish. Jim Henson's Lord of the Rings. Eric, yeah. you, Eric was being born the night that my mother, our, my mom, was dispatching the movie premiere of The Dark Crystal. In January third, nineteen eighty three. Oh my goodness, that's yeah, so exciting! <laughs> it was, and I'm telling, like, I don't remember. Oh my god! Of course you wouldn't. Yeah, no. But I remember mm -hmm. that movie. I used to be uh, fascinated by that. Dark thing. Crystal was unbelievable. Yeah. But so take it. What's what did you think of of nineteen eighty four? Because okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. This is the thing. I had such high anticipation for this movie, just like I did for the first movie. So when there are films that I have this, I'm just so excited about it. I stay away from trailers. I don't watch any trailers of it. I Smart. stay away from reviews, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I just avoid all that. And so when I went into Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, I, I did accidentally see the Rotten Tomato score when I went online to buy tickets. You know, they flash it up. I'm like, I didn't want to know that. Right. I mean, it made me happy, but I didn't want to know it. You know, I wanted to just go in fresh. So for 84, it was the same thing. I did the same thing with Halloween 2018. I just, that's because I love it. That was amazing. Movies. That was an amazing movie. So good. It was so really good. good. 
anyway, so back to 84. So I did the same thing. And I went to go see it opening day, Christmas day with, with my husband. Cause he'd seen the first one with me. And I had heard some rumblings beforehand. I, when I say heard, I, I didn't really watch anything or read anything, but you know, how when you're on YouTube, and you see the thumbnails, see the thumbnails. Yep. and you see the, the the little titles. And, and there was this um, growing narrative that it was going to be woke, that it was going to be anti-male. It was going to be anti-Trump and it was going to be all this and all this. And I'm like, oh, ugh. so is it going to go the route of the agenda? You know, that was what I was afraid of. And I didn't, I was just like, please don't do that. So I went in there sort of prepared that that was going to be the problem. I didn't know anything about the plot. I just knew that there was cheetah in it. That was it. I didn't know who Pedro Pascal was supposed to be or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I go in and I'm watching it and I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to see if there's this really heavy handed um, feminist or anti-male type of narrative going on. And I didn't really pick up on that. And then I didn't pick up on also anything being overtly anti orange man or whatever you know that sort of thing i so, agree with you i agree yeah, with I you to, the, to the fact that i didn't see it as being um was it woke i didn't see yeah, it as being I, that. I just thought of it as last, a, i thought it was a shitty story the last jedi the last jedi was woke yeah i know and i'd heard enough about that i was like right. i have zero interest in watching it and i didn't watch it i just read the like the movie pooper or the movie spoiler about right. it so i knew it after i'm like you wikipedia but the last jedi was yeah. woke ww84 was not woke mm -mm. i just took, didn't like it they took a uh, lot I, I was didn't. A, i was an english major in in high school and i was an english mm -hmm. major in college they took a, a a short story called the monkey's paw from 10th grade english oh and they turned it into a big budget superhero movie i see and to me to me i just not enough it, it didn't it's, work it's not enough to turn the the, the antagonist into a genie it, yeah to me it's the idea of 1984, did you read George Orwell's 1984? I did back in school. Sa same, right. I don't remember many of the details, but it's about surveillance. It's about being watched Big by the government. Big brother. Big yeah. brother, right. They, yeah. I'm getting the chills now. They could have done something where this this government is is attacking this town and Wonder Woman has to save this town from being yeah. exposed or, or, or under surveillance or something that the government is trying to... Or she should have continued to try and like hide her identity because if you go to Batman versus Superman and Justice League, you know, they were all like, where have you been? You're nowhere to be found. And there wasn't enough explanation of her that she was actually hiding in 1984. To, Except to for like when she would bust out the cameras you know when she'd be helping people and she'd be using her tr to bust out the right. cameras at the mall and stuff like I, that i do think pedro pascal is amazing i think he i loved him in, in the character i thought it was a it wasn't a good um villain personally but i mm -hmm. like i like him as an actor i think he's amazing in the mandalorian are you a star wars girl I, I like Star Wars. I'm not super huge into Star Wars, but I did see the first season of The Mandalorian and I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I, I liked Pedro Pascal. And then he started getting involved in snarky business on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm like, dude. He, he became very political. And I don't yeah. really care about people's po political beliefs. I mean, but I, I, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Back to Wonder Woman 84. I don't like that they brought back Chris Pine. I, I, I didn't think yeah. she should have been grieving for the story <laughs> and that's what had, I would they could have had flashbacks they could have they could have done different things yeah well see how much about it did you know before you went into nothing see it? nothing i knew the drink oh, oh i knew yeah i knew that the drinker panned the trailer and the movie right yeah and i didn't watch any of his videos on that gary from nerdrotic destroyed it doom cop yeah. destroyed it and yeah. i watched their videos but i I saw it on opening day on Christmas Day. My 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 wife and kids, we watched it, you know, on on um on HBO Max. Oh, see, I went to go see it on the big that's screen. That's very cool. That's, just, awesome. that's the way I, I want it, you know. And so what happened is I get home and I was I was really I, I was surprised that I actually enjoyed it a lot because I was afraid there was gonna like, you know, we talked about there was gonna be this issue going on with it. And I get home and I do my review for the channel. And then I started to look at the reviews of other people, and I was actually really surprised at how hated it was. I was like, "What?" Did you? You didn't revile it, like? No, no, I actually enjoyed it. I, I didn't, right. I didn't like it quite as much as right, the first one. Right. But I also explained, well, you know, she's not new to us anymore. We're very familiar with this character. She's also in modern times and the time period of the first movie in World War One. 
that was just a little bit more mysterious and you know kind of unknown to us it was a good story it was yeah it was a good story it was interesting and uh, you know the whole dc universe um i mean have you seen birds of prey um no i lost interest in watching that yeah yeah yeah. it was you're not you're not missing anything yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan. Uh, just her character in general has nothing to do with Margot Robbie, but just Harley Quinn right. herself. Right. She started to wear thin on me back in the animated TV show. <laughs> right. Right. Just, right. I got tired so of her. What are your thoughts on Captain Marvel? <laughs> or Marvel in general? I, I'd like to hear like both of you know what you I feel think, like. I think the best days of Marvel are behind it. That's what I think. Interesting. And I'm I was not a fan of Captain Marvel. How come? At all. It's like I, that's my least favorite MCU movie. Why? Part of it is because the story is pretty dull. She has zero character development, like none. She -hmm. starts off being strong and she's got all this stuff. She just can't remember anything. At the end, she remembers. That's it. Like she has no character arc at all, no growth that happens. She's just the same person. Plus, I'm not a Brie Larson fan. How come? Well, I did not like the stuff that she started going into before the movie when she started getting racist and sexist about some stuff. I didn't I didn't like that. And right. that see those uh, um those types of things do sometimes uh, uh embed themselves in my brain and prevent me from enjoying something because right. I'm like, well, I know how so, this person feels about this, so that kind of bothers me. And someone's political view will turn you off for for the actual product. I mean, if if Pedro Pascal is going to keep you know harping on Trump or whatever, you're the type of person who go, I'm not going to watch this because I don't like what he's doing. Well, there's a bit of a caveat to that. So I don't care what a person's politics are. What bothered me about what Pedro Pascal did was that he he didn't he wasn't just directing his his thoughts to Trump, which is fine, whatever. Right. I don't care. That's just that's a politician you know i right. don't care but then he shifted it to anybody who voted for him mm-hmm. uh, equating them to nazis and slave owners interesting and i was just like okay now you're you're basically you're alienating half the country practically <laughs> you know right. it's just I, I did i didn't find that cool that was a huge turnoff so right. and, and and with brie larson you know that little speech she gave and I, that i felt was unnecessary where she was talking about um movie critics and she was seemed to be upset that movie critics had kind of had panned. Um, they oh, they right, had, right. you know, what was the movie? A Wrinkle in Time. Yes. Yeah, and she yeah. came out there and she said something like, "I don't need to know what a forty year old white dude thinks about A Wrinkle in Time." I was like, "Okay, right. don't like that. I I don't I don't like it when people get into that territory. I I find it hugely divisive and but unnecessary. Do you, do you do you like what's happening in movies today? That they're no. you know. You don't like it. What, what what don't you like about it? So I mean, and also, what are what are some recent gems that you actually do like besides eighty four? I'm trying to think of some movies that I recently saw. Some of them are kind of uh, under the radar, pretty obscure films. Like I saw mm-hmm. one within the the past few months called called The Clove Hitch Killer. <laughs> I never even heard of that. I hadn't either, and it has oh, what's his name, Dylan McDermott. Oh, Dude, I like him. Play in yeah. the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Young Guns too, also, but yeah, okay. Oh, I never saw Young Guns too. Oh, it's crazy. Same. I know. I saw the first one. Love the first one. Yeah. I yeah. found out that all these different characters died, so I'm like, I don't want to see the second one. <laughs> I know. It's I'm a little strange sometimes. Oh, good. I but like you. You have an eclectic taste. I like it. I I do, and it's weird. People are a little bit surprised by some of the stuff I like. I like anime. You know, I'm not huge. One thing I had never. Like I never ever got into anime. It's like it's like I like it's like sports and anime. It's like how much time how much time in the day do I have to do things and to be into things? Right. And I feel like if I get into sports or I get into anime, something something's got to give because like I only have so many hours in the day to do things. Well, what is it, anime? What does that mean? Well, um, honestly, it's it's basically just Japanese cartoons that's it it originates from over there they have their own distinct style you know Mm -hmm. um and i'm not a humongous fan but i do like it sort of superficially i watch anime with my kids sometimes uh saturday nights on toonami uh there's a show i watch with with um my my son and daughter attack on titan the last season (laughs) you know stuff like that but i i like it because um 
certain storylines are really good. And then the voice acting, I, I enjoy um, the English dub. I'm not crazy about the sub, but I pay attention to that sort of stuff and like it because I'm sort of in that industry kind of, right. you mm -hmm. know, being in audiobooks. Right. So, I don't know. What don't you like about the new woke, um, like kind of like the new woke Hollywood agenda? Mm -hmm. What's your, uh, what's your take <clears throat> on that? I don't appreciate it because it feels preachy mm -hmm. and it feels like they're sacrificing uh, a good story for an agenda or trying to push a narrative. It's like the narrative and the agenda takes precedence over telling an actually good story. Mm -hmm. And also something that I don't really agree with or appreciate is when people criticize a lot of the you know movies of today with that sort of thing going on. One of the first things that people try to say back to them, well, you're just um, you're just sexist or you're just racist and stuff like that. But they're not really seeing the big picture. You know, there are there are much beloved movie characters from back in the 80s and the 90s that ticked all the check boxes that these, you know, agenda folks like. But it wasn't that wasn't the the primary focus. Like Sarah Connor, she's one of the greatest, you know, action, action movies. female. Yeah. I mean, I love her. I absolutely love Ripley. her. Ripley, Ripley from Alien. Exactly. But Furio, I don't, like Furioso you, from Mad Max. Like, yeah. I don't consider well, I'm them not crazy about Mad Max, but I get what you mean. I don't want to hear that too. But go ahead. Eric. I don't consider them, you know, female or male. They're just good characters. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have to have, you know the the a, a good protagonist is somebody who has something that's wrong with them or something mm -hmm. that they want that they have to try and do or try and fix right. and if you're anything less than that it's a shitty story yeah like sarah connor she was a terrible mother oh she was a terrible mother she was had mental illness issues exactly james cameron is not just ahead of this lifetime but james cameron is like 10 lifetimes ahead from the rest of us Really, for him to write that in yeah. the 80s and 90s, right? knowing the, uh, I mean. I know. And, and you know what's really strange about, about James? It's funny about James Cameron. So he made two of the movies that are just my, well, I love True Lies as well. That's, well, that's really an amazing, amazing movie. But he also made a movie, I absolutely, two movies I cannot stand. Hate them. Avatar. Titanic and Avatar. Yeah. Why did you hate and, Avatar, Sin? And Why did you because, hate Avatar? Because I felt like it was there was too much bandwagon hype about it, and it was overrated. I don't think it was all that. I call it Dances with Smurfs. That's what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like, Avatar was fine. I didn't think it was the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, I did. I I, it was okay, but because there was so much, oh my gosh, it's so good. And it was at number one for years. Right. Like, then that just made me despise yeah. it. I think of it as like kind of like the iPhone of movies. It's fine, but it's just the phone. And right, I feel like yeah. that's that's what Avatar is. It's fine. It's it's visually stunning, I guess. But you know, the so three D wore off after a while. I mean, yeah, exactly. And yeah, impressive. and yeah, and I agree. Titanic was long and drawn out, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio was great in it. No, I don't think I Leo. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio found his chops until the aviator yeah probably yeah yeah he he certainly has proven himself to be a really good actor i was never hugely into him and i'm not now but i do appreciate his acting growth over the years but titanic was i did not like that contrived love story i couldn't i just could not the, for me the movie didn't get good until the iceberg came along <laughs> because i because I, I did like how cameron represented what was happening and you know how he was showing what's going on with the ship and that was just terrifying but all the other stuff was just ugh. the story was stupid yeah i didn't like it yeah i i thought he could have gone much deeper into the rockefellers and you know mm -hmm. not just like have them just smoking cigars in a in a room i feel like there could have been he could have had maybe four or five stories going on at once not yeah. just leo and rose right uh, jack and rose or whatever but like yeah um, i know what you meant <laughs> i i actually thought that they had zero chemistry Mm. But I've been I've noticed that that a lot of these leading men don't have good chemistry with women. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator. I disagree with you, Eric. I think that he looked like a kid trying to dress like an adult. And that was and I, his, I think that was his that was his turning point. 
I didn't say it was his best That's movie. Fine. His, his honestly, his to me, his only movie where he acts his age is uh once uh the the watchman once upon a time once, in upon, a time, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, he was really good in that. <laughs> I, that that he finally looked like an adult there, and but I do feel that I do feel that um. He, he I, does have a young face. He does. To me, Wolf of Wall Street was his breakout role. For me, that he finally, okay. like, okay, he's with Margot Robbie. There's sexual chemistry there. Like, it looks good. They look Where, the same age. Sure. Him and Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett looked like his older aunt. It just, it didn't. It wait, wait, wait. It, that's not, that's, that's not Kate Blanchett. You're talking about in the aviator. In the aviator. Oh, 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 okay. I thought we we're, okay. I went back so to in, 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 uh, Kate Winslet looked like his big sister in yeah. Titanic. Yeah, he um, was so young in that movie. Like, he looked like a kid. It didn't yeah, work. He did. He did. If Matt Damon was that role, like the, some guy said, if Matt Damon was in Leonardo DiCaprio movies, they'd be a little bit better because it's the truth. Or Ben Affleck would be, if Ben Affleck was Jack, it would have been a little bit better. Um, the same thing with what's his name? Um, in The Aviator, he was with Kate Blanchett and Kate Beckinsale. They mm. look like cousins. Like there was no, there was, it was no, there was no chemistry. Yeah. You know what I watched? You know what I watched the other day? And it, and it held up really well, The Departed. Other than the cell phones, 100%, 100%. Other, than, other than all the cell phones in The Departed, he <laughs> was he was cast good in that. Yeah, I have heard good things about that. I have not seen it. You yet. have not seen The Departed. I know. I'm telling you, I'm not crazy about mob movies and jail movies. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... You you remind me a lot of my wife. Sin. My wife okay. is the ultimate. Like she will watch Die Hard and Terminator Two seven nights a week. Seven okay. nights a week. If yep. Die Hard's on, she has Die Hard on and she's on her phone. Or if Terminator 2's on, Terminator 2's on. Yep. But like if I'll put on like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she doesn't stop talking. She'll be like, <laughs> why is he doing that? Why is he driving like that? People don't drive like that. <laughs> oh, he's just picking up hippie off the street? That's not true. Like she, she'll pick out shit because she calls out the bullshit. Yeah. But for Die Hard is, I mean, we just watched it, you know. That's such a great movie. This. It was, it's the greatest. I mean, it's so it, fun. It's the best Christmas movie. I want to jump into ma I want to jump into manuscripts. Okay. How did you get into the manuscript proofing business, and why did okay. you do that? Well, I always wanted to be a writer, and then I went to college, and that killed my love of writing. Absolutely killed it. It also killed my love of reading for a while. Really? Yeah. So then I go along, and I'm living life. You know, I'm, I, I get a job. I I get married, get a job, have kids, quit my job, stay at home, mother, homeschool the kids. You know, work for my dad. And then it was like, I want to get back into writing. So I started, I took a writing class and I started writing and then, but I didn't tell anybody because I just wanted to do it for myself. Right. Because I feel like if I talked about it, I'd jinx it right. and nothing would come of it because, mm -hmm. you know, that happens a lot. It does. But I did tell my baby brother, Timothy, and <laughs> he said to me, then he broke the news to me that he was actually interested in getting into writing. But when he, when I, I guess when I told him, then he was like, he decided he'd tell me. And then he ended up writing and publishing two books before I ever got any of mine published. I still don't have mine published. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yeah. And so then I helped him with the editing and we would have weekly meetings or sometimes multiple times in a week, we would hash out the storyline, especially of his first book. Right which is so trippy. I love that book. And I just, just editing and editing and editing and all this stuff. And then what happened, he gets his second book published. And this was in, around 2015, 2016. And in tw early 2016, I, I decided I was going to maybe get into audiobooks. Uh -huh. So I got into audiobooks. I started narrating and I did, I think I've got about 12 or 13 titles oh, really? under, under my name. You know, my, my alias name. How much work is that to do oh, that? So much work, you guys. Really? Especially really? when you're doing it yourself, which most narrators on ACX. So that's how a lot of people get started through ACX. Right. Mm -hmm. right. You, you probably know how that works. Sure. And so if you're just starting out, you have to do all of that stuff yourself because you can't afford to hire people to do things like the proofing and the mastering right. and all of that sort of stuff. So I was doing that. And then in the meantime, I signed up for this um, mailing list called Audiobook Boom or Audiobook Blast. And it's basically where you put in, you request to receive a code for a particular audiobook right. in exchange for a review. Doesn't have to be positive, just a review. And so <clears throat> I know this is kind of 
a long ass way, but this is how I got into doing it. I want to hear this. This is your show. Um, I want to hear it. So I put in a request for a book and I, cause I listened to the sample. I was like, Oh, this is so good. I, I could tell it was really good quality and that the voice actor was really good. I put in for the book and then I'm going along and a few weeks later, there's another thing that comes in and I put in a request for another book. Well, I had, I had everything on my requests. I was listening to them and reviewing them in first come, you know, first serve type order. So after I put in a request for the second book, I didn't even notice who the narrator was. He wrote me back and he says, oh, hey, I saw you put in a, a request for this for this book. But I also see that a few weeks ago or however long ago, you put in a request for this other book, but there's no review yet. Once you get that reviewed, I'll give you the code for this second book. Right. So I was like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that was your book. I, I didn't even know that was the same guy because I didn't pay attention to the name. Right. So I finally went back around and listened to the first book. And I was just like, wow, this guy is so good. And he's got all these multiple actors with him in the book. Wow, this he's got this girl. He's got this middle-aged black guy. And, you know, well, no, it was him. It was the same guy. Wow. He was doing all these characters. He can voice a girl better than a lot of girls can. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, when I was so impressed with his stuff. And I called my brother or texted him or whatever. I said, I think I found a good narrator for your second book because his second book was shorter. He could afford to do that one. You know, I said, this, this guy, it's his name's Jeff Hayes. Shout out to Jeff Hayes. And, but in the meantime, I became friends with Jeff on Facebook because I was also, you know, in the industry and stuff like this. And mm -hmm. so then it ends up that he does do my brother's second book. And during the process of that, I was helping to prove it because I was kind of the connection between my brother and Jeff. And then not long after the book came out, he writes me out of the blue on Facebook and he says, um, hey, do you think you'd like to be an audio audiobook uh, proofer for me? You want to proof my audiobooks? I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there was such a thing. But heck, yes, I love audiobooks. I'll do it. So and what so, does that mean? What does that mean to be an audiobook proofer? OK, so um, I did a video about that on my channel, too, showing how I proof. But basically, you what I do is I listen for text inconsistencies if they misread something. Wow. I fix timing issues if there if there's too much space in between, you know, a passage or whatever or sentence um, or if there's too little, I space it apart. I also listen for acting um, voice inflections, whether they put the wrong inflection on the word, they misread the sentence, not technically, but just they put the emphasis on the wrong word. Um, if I feel like they're not you know, uh, bringing the character to life good enough, I'll, I'll mark that. And, and just basically just, I don't know what you, audiobook proofing, that's what we call it. Right. So um, that's, that's how I got started in audiobook proofing. And then through the course of that, as Jeff's company grew, then I also started, um, because he knew that I'd done the manuscript editing for my brother's books, I started doing manuscript editing. Um, so what's your brother's book's names? Um, his first book is called And the Tide Turns. Okay. Shout out to And the Tide Turns. Everybody and the Tide Turns. Out. And his second book is called um, On the Hit List. They're two completely opposite types of books. The first book is a, is an action, adventure, mystery right. sort of thriller. And the second book is sort of a um, slightly suspenseful, but it's also more comedic. It's mm. about these kids that accidentally get caught up in drugs. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. It's how does how did that co coincide with Sin's Corner? Did you? Yeah, did I you, want, that's what I want to talk how about. Sin's next, Corner got born. Yeah, yeah. Your, your YouTube channel. So what happened is, um, I've been audiobook proofing for years, and I I ended up uh, losing my love of listening to audiobooks for pleasure because I used to sure. I probably listened to a thousand audiobooks over the years. But after a while, I was just, I don't, I'm plugged in all day. I don't want to hear any right. anymore. And so, but I want to talk about stories still. So that's how it got started. I just Amazing. was started making videos and talking about movies and stories and things like that. But then when I interviewed, when I was going to interview the drinker, right? I actually, I bought his stuff because I wanted to talk to him about his books. Sure. And I listened to, that was the first audiobook in probably more than a year, year and a half that I actually listened to for pleasure. And you could say I was listening to it for work because, mm -hmm. you know, in preparation, but sure. 
I've been listening to audiobooks since then. So he kind of helped me get out of that rut <laughs> unknowingly. Yeah, that's our, that's what we had in common is uh, you, uh, we interviewed the drinker and then I'm assuming you caught wind of it because it did go a little, it went pretty wide on YouTube. I think we're at 70,000. Yeah, you guys have a lot of views. I saw, let's see, I was in contact with him already from earlier in the year, I think, because what happened is I saw, I didn't realize at first he was a writer. Right. And then I saw the type of books he writes and I was thinking, wow, I would love it if we could do his audiobooks because I would love to prove his audiobooks, gotcha. you know? I see. So then I contacted him. I, I told I told the folks at, at my um, the company, it worked Sound Booth Theaters, the name of the company, SBT. Okay. And I told them and they were like, yeah, okay, well, reach out to him and see. So I reached out to him. Well, by then he was already so big on YouTube that he had already like sold the rights to, um, I think the first three or four of his books. Yeah. And he said, but reach out to my whoever, I can't remember who whoever it was. And maybe you guys could get those. Well, we never did. And so I think now probably all of them are going to be made by the same narrator. Um, right. But yeah, so so I had talked to him about that. And then I had also messaged him because my son wanted to use his laugh in some of his YouTube videos because <laughs> my son has a YouTube channel, too. So I wrote him and asked permission. He said, go for it. So then when I saw you guys had interviewed him. I was like, okay, he's willing to do these interviews, you know, with smaller-ish YouTubers because he's huge. Right. I was like, well, maybe I can do that. So I wrote him and asked him. And then in the meantime, we were talking about it on on your your video. Live uh, streams, yep. Yeah, and you said <laughs> you said something like, uh, I think it was the video that you you did with him. And I said, Wow, that's really cool. I, I, I want to have him on. Then I went and asked him. Then you guys responded. So there was like stuff happening like in between. And you said, oh, yeah, he's really nice or something. We, we reached yeah. out to his publicist. And I was like, oh, well, I just contacted him directly. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't reach out to his publicist. <laughs> I couldn't find him online. You know, we, his, his email is on his, um, uh, his YouTube. Yeah. I You know what? I looked him. I Googled him and I got through it to his publicist. And now Will oh. and I are, you know, we're on a first name basis on email. And. Oh. Um, he's going to help me out with Monsterland. He's uh, oh. we're, we're going to be working together with. Uh, oh wow! I need, I need a little drinker, uh, drinker help on the screenplay side of Monsterland. It's so. Tear it apart. I, that's oh, the, that's why that's what that's what I need. I need a little drinker. Um, that but w Will's was so uh, what a gentleman and yeah. kind person to. I will come say up. I agree with ninety nine percent of what he says. I yeah, I don't agree with everything. <laughs> I don't agree with everything, and I didn't let him ruin the Dark Knight for me. I did. I hate that movie now. No. How could you? Oh, I'm Dark not. Did he, did he tear apart the, he, oh, the Dark Knight Rises? rises? With Bane, but, he, but you know what? Say, with, say with what Bane. you will. He was 100% right. I don't think so. Is he ta you used to talk about the Dark Knight Rises. Rises with Bane and. Oh, uh, not Catwoman. the Dark Knight. Okay. No, yeah. No, no, the Dark Knight was. I don't think he could ruin that. That was a great okay. movie. I, was I, like, like, oh. I like the Dark Knight Rises with Bane, and I continue to do so. Nope. And I'm, I don't want to let him ruin it for me. Did he ruin Avatar? He ruined Avatar for you, Eric? I didn't like Avatar from the beginning. And I, it's not that I didn't, I didn't like it. It just wasn't, I wasn't like, oh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What are your feelings on Lord of the Rings? I enjoy it, but I'm not super, super into it. Really? I don't hate it, but I'm not hugely oh. in love with it, in other yeah. words. How did the reaction videos get born? Because your reaction videos are really, they're adorable. I mean, you look like a, <laughs> you look like a kid in a candy store, or candy store <laughs> laughing at George Carlin and Bill Burr. I am acting like how I really feel on the inside. <laughs> it's nice. It's, so it's is that so, like how did you go from how many how many subs are you at now on your channel? Okay, I, I think I'm right at about 8,500 right now. So how did you get? How did you get? Because like we are okay. at we're at 1,300 and we're just kind of stalling there. I mean, I'm having more success on TikTok right now, which we oh, have wow. to talk about too. But why? It's, how did, it's, what happened? It's really weird because I had been doing it for about a year and just slow channel growth, you know, really, really slow. And I was just under 300 when back in July of last year, I decided that I wanted to do something a little bit different and make things like add some more laughter because, mm -hmm. you know, 2020 sucked and 2021 isn't all that great right now. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I want to 
have some more fun. I want to laugh more. I haven't laughed much this year. So I contacted, I saw this guy, I started seeing reaction videos to comedy stuff. And I saw somebody had been watching a video by this guy named Zach Rushing, okay. where he was talking about his first black cookout. And there were black people reacting to his little video. And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I, I was getting tickled watching them laugh. And it was just a big, huge smile on my face. And I'm laughing with them. And I'm just enjoying their, their absolute joy of watching this guy. So I went to his channel and I contacted him and I said, hey, I, I'm thinking about adding some reactions to comedy stuff to, to my channel. Can I use your stuff? And he said, sure, go for it. So I started to, that's how I started. I started with his and then somehow the, the name Bill, oh no, I had seen reaction videos to Bill Burr. Right. And so I added Bill Burr to the stuff I was watching. And then it wasn't until I got to the the bit he did. Well, the, the title of the video was called Vagina Privilege. That's the title of the video. It was hysterical. I watched that. And that was the one video that made everything explode, like explode. Yep. In one month, I got 2,000 some subscribers. And it, I guess it was because um, such outpouring um, in reaction to my reaction because he went to a place that I wasn't expecting. And it actually bothered me a lot because he was basically, he's talking about his girlfriend at the time who became his wife. Right. She was beating him up. I mean, they had a, he, she was physically abusive right. with him. Sounds like she was also probably verbally, maybe mentally, emotionally abusive based on the stuff he was talking about. And he was telling the story and I didn't find much humor in it at all. I didn't think it was funny that she punched him in the side of the head because I have a great uncle who was killed by his crazy wife. Oh, my God. And I have known several. I, I it was just you know, really touched a nerve with me. I, I just I don't have this double standard that a lot of people seem to be comfortable with about. Mm -hmm you know, violence between men and women. People don't think it's a problem when women are violent to men. And I think it's a huge problem. And it that's really, it just, it just bothered me so much that mm. video. And that's. So what was your reaction? You were critical of it. Um, I wasn't critical of him, but when he, he started off talking about, he said something like, I'm the only guy that can give his girlfriend a Valentine's day, a Valentine's card earlier in the day. And then by the end of the day, she's punching him and she's punching him inside the head or beating him up or something like that. And I was just like, that just startled me. And people were laughing and I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was terrible. Bill, <laughs> Burr, says, really Bill Burr says, it's, it's like kind of brilliant. He's like, women know they're not going to get hit. So that's why they're annoying. Yes. I know. And I was like, do. Oh my God. But he's right. He goes, women can come at you and they could be like, and you're not going to do anything. But if you go and you went to a gym and knocked over a guy's protein shake, be like, what's yeah. up, bitch. You're going to be a fucking punch in the face. Cause <laughs> men can beat the shit out of men, but men yeah. can't beat the shit out of women. And that's why women are annoying. That's what Bill Burr says. That's not what yeah, I'm Yeah, that's no, that's but I'm going to edit that perfectly for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right? gonna get in right? Trouble. <laughs> right? We but looked at your video and uh, we are going to pass on all of Monsterland. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he, but he's not wrong. And right, right. I, I, but I just don't I, for forever. I've sort of um, also because in my personal life, I've known several men who have been in abusive situations mm -hmm. um and, and also in my my same circle of family and friends i've only known of one woman who was manhandled by her husband and not like beaten up but you know restrained and held against the wall mm -hmm. but i've known like two or three or four guys in my life family members who have been on the receiving end of, of violence and abusive behavior yeah, any type of violence against either even if you're in a gym and it's a you know it's a dude versus a dude you know it's it's not acceptable it's the same yeah. thing with verbal abuse though too exactly. i mean it's not, it doesn't just stop at physical abuse physical mm -hmm. abuse like is it's probably a really small case scenario yeah among, among... manipulation and... right There's... oh and just con just harping and just putting down i right. see so much of that also and it's right. mostly women against women doing that to their partners I, I just, I, that has been my observation. Eric um, and I are in very healthy relationships. We, yeah. we have very you know, understanding wives and, 
you know, when, when someone's kind of like being annoying, you say, you know, please, you know, let's not, I don't want to talk about that now. Can we move on to something else? You, yeah. you don't, you don't say, I'm going to fucking punch you in your face. Yeah. If you continue to like, <laughs> it's just That's pretty unhealthy. <laughs> it's pretty unhealthy, but I've noticed a lot of, a lot of, you know, husbands that I've grown up with, they're very, not physically abusive. I only, I've known one man in my life to physically abuse a woman and see it. And I was, I was horrified by it. I, I bet you were. It was horrifying. And it yeah. was a family member too. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, but our father was verbally abusive to our mm. mother and to Eric and me. And it was, it was Basically hard. Everybody, you know, and to, to everyone. Him, I mean, him, everybody was a stupid fuck. That was right. Oh my goodness. Right. That sounds right. like a Bill Burr story about his father. Yes. But I mean, also like, you know, you can't sit and cry about it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. there are people in this world, you, you can't control everyone out there. You can only control your reaction on the inside. Right. And if people are going to be abusive and annoying to you, you know, and, and if you're going to give it right back to them, that's on you. That's not yeah, on I mean, them. We interviewed Pina Pan Peter Panagore yesterday. And Eben uh, Alexander. Sorry, we interviewed Eben Alexander, and he had a near-death experience. And within his near-death experience, he basically said that once you get to the other side, which you realize, and I don't know what you believe in or not, but you know, this is something that this is part of us that we are, you know, passionate about. Um, but what he says is that we are all one. So if you are abusive, if you are hurtful and spiteful, spiteful to somebody, you are just being spiteful to yourself. Yeah. And um, once you realize that, you know, you have to go out of your way, a conscious decision not to be an asshole to somebody right. because then you're, you're you're just turning that in on yourself. And well, a lot of times the reason people are like that is because they already have, they already kind of hate themselves. They, exactly. 100%. 100%. Or there's some, there's some trauma from childhood that caused exactly. them to be so fucking yes. vindictive and, and, and yeah. hurtful and everything. I was going down that path where I was losing patience with people. I, I found myself acting like my father, not being verbally abusive like my father, but being impatient and short, being, fuse. short fuse and being rude. And then I had to kind of go inward because my wife's saying this is not normal behavior. And I started therapy over it. And you know what? It helped. It really did. Yeah. I learned to say like, all right, this this person's being annoying. Instead of giving them, instead of scorching the earth with a ten reaction, how about a firm five? Say, listen, I really don't want to talk about that, or I don't like what you're doing. That really makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That will get a, a firm five will get a better reaction from someone as opposed to a scorching the earth ten, which is what our father right. did. Our father scorched the earth over a broken shoelace, mm -hmm. or he scorched the earth over not putting the milk in front of him where he wanted it. Oh no. Yeah. It listen, that's what it is. That's yeah. I think that's what made Eric and I successful. I think that you know our 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 mantra is that Eric and I our life has been filled with one big bag of nose. Everything in my life. Yeah. Well, can you subscribe to our channel? No. Do you want to come on for an interview? No. Uh <laughs> you want to read my book? No. no. You want you want to read my screenplay? No. Um, you know, everything yeah. is no. And it was my, and it started with our father. It was mine and Eric's responsibility to find that. Yes. And I think that's what made us successful with the podcast, um, with the book writing career, with Eric's TikTok career, you know, it's just a social media career. It, everything in this world is no, and you're going to find a yes eventually, but mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta find it. You, you can't yeah. let the nose. It's, it's hard work. Now let's talk other social medias. Are you on TikTok? I am not because I don't understand it very much. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you I've something. Seen you then you're missing out. If you if you take your shtick that you have on YouTube and convert it into 15 second and one minute clips, you will you will own it and you could have it will eclipse what you were doing on YouTube so easily. I made a post um that said uh uh be this being a dick doesn't make yours bigger. <laughs> Smart. Ten thousand views. Oh wow! W within a day, and then you you wow. just you know and like these things that I'm saying on there, I'm doing it to to build an audience. It seems to be that the sarcastic, dry humor is is what's working because obviously I can't twerk or you know or shake it or or do things <laughs> like that on that platform. But there is plenty of room for insightful opinions about things. And the viewership is there And the way it works is you can see it as your post starts taking off that you, you post something and then five people like it and then 10 people like it and then 80 people like it and then a thousand people. And then as oh, more wow. people start liking and they start commenting and they start watching the full video, it explodes.
Wow. It explodes and it's creating viewers for our YouTube channel, which is what we really want. Like we want yeah, yeah. to have, want to be creators. We want to be YouTubers. And it's it's converting to uh to to more viewership onto here. So I I think that you should take whatever you're doing there and whether you take it as you edit clips from what you were doing or you just create custom content for TikTok. You are, you are, you're missing out. I got to tell you, Sin, everything on TikTok is a reaction video. Everyone's taking yeah. their videos and they're doing reactions to it. You're already really? doing that. Everything, everything's everything. a reaction video. Everything. I, I didn't know that. I Well, no. see, the pro, I did look into that after I saw you guys talking about it because I, I uh, watched your, you did a stream about TikTok or yeah. Yeah. a video about it. And I went and I looked and I was like, oh, God, you have yeah. to be concise and short. Yes. Those are the opposite of what I do on my channel. I am, I just go on and on and on and on. It's like, I can't, I can't really, if you dial it in and if you, if you, if you make cliffhangers and you have your one minute video and then you say, if you want to hear the rest, tune in for part two and, or, then, you, and then you post a part two. You have a, or, you do, excuse me, you do George Carlin and Bill Burr, you yeah. do 20 minute clips. Yeah. Everyone on TikTok is in for one minute. 30 seconds to one minute. So if you go and took a one minute clip and you were sitting a watching a portion of it, just take, just watch, watch someone do something for one minute, record yourself and do your, your, your cute, like you know, laugh and everything. <laughs> and then you're going to be, and then you just, you put it on your sins corner on TikTok. It's going to drive your view, viewership on YouTube. There's okay. no doubt. There's no doubt. I'm trying on TikTok. Eric hit the stride immediately. Eric is like very lucky with social media. I'm not, I don't it's not luck. It's all skill. I've been on TikTok for a year. <laughs> luck. I I've been mean, eating shit there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Until I figured out what I had to say. I'm, I've been consuming content, learning what to do. Luck. Where Where are you? Who are you you're from? The, you're the luckiest social media guy ever. <laughs> this is a, this is a typical me. fight, Sin. This is like a Eric and I shared a bedroom for 18 years. It's like a typical fight. <laughs> you, you guys are so lucky though, because you you're not terribly far apart in age. And I was an only child for almost 10 years before my first baby brother came along. So I was like their second mother. Right. So I never really had a peer as, as a kid, you know, to right. share a room with or bicker. Right. I mean, I bickered with my brothers because they were little brats when they were little. And all, I was all little brothers. Sin, all little brothers. <laughs> yes, that has to be so the annoying. case. And nothing changes as they get older, really. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Were you were you listening? I apologize. You know what? It's funny because obviously, as they grew up, then we became we're you know we're all adults now, and now we're on the same level, and now we're we're tight. We're really right. tight. I mean, we text each other right. once or multiple times a day, and they they live in different places, so they're not here to hang out with, and so you know. Right. So your kids have a YouTube channel? Yes, they do. Um, my son plug, plug has. It. Plug it away. My son, his the name of his channel is Arturelia, which is a combination of his name and his sister's name. His name okay. is Arturo. Her name is Aurelia. And they used to have the channel together. And then he ended up kicking her off. <laughs> like, he kicked her off, but now he wants her to come back. And she's gone, and she's doing her own thing now. She's got two channels. One is called Sally and Chica. It's an animated show that she, that she works on. So nice. And then she's got another one called Sky Art Amy, and she does gaming on that. That's Are so they nice. having success? Um, they're not at that thousand subscriber. But like I, I, it's weird because my cousin has a channel, Corey's Michael, Corey Michael's Movies, and my son, obviously my daughter, and then I did it too. And then I ended up going beyond right. them, mm -hmm. and they're they're a little bit jealous, but not in a bad way. You know, they're just like they wish they could have that too, and I wish they could as well. I would. I would happily trade places if they were able to be the ones that, right. you know, grew their channel, you know, pretty good. And sometimes there is no rhyme or reason. I know. Are you making a living with it yet? Are you making a living? Not with a it? living. I, I finally did get monetized mm -hmm. after three times. They turned me down twice. Really? And then the third time around, I was just like, oh, what the heck? I'll just try. They, they'll turn it down and whatever. I'll do Patreon, subscribe star, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. I'm doing this for fun. It would be nice to sort of make a little bit from it. Then I can put it back into the channel, you know, buy movies to review and stuff like that. Right. And then finally, they just out of the blue. Okay, you're approved. It's like, oh, okay. We yeah. I'm not making it. Yeah, we got approved right away. And we're like, we're at like a dollar a day. Basically right now. 
it's 50 yeah. cents per per brother yeah. if, that, if, if you're bad if you're bad at math well probably the reason that you guys got approved is because you have so my channel is reaction channel there's a million reaction channels um and i guess maybe they felt like it was saturated or maybe they also felt like because you know a lot of reaction most reaction channels pretty much all reaction channels use copyrighted material right right so i've tried to make sure that i abide by fair use not all claimants you know honor fair use so you know you get strikes and stuff like that but um i don't know why they decided to go ahead and approve mine maybe it was because i had started to put up interviews maybe it was because they right. actually watched some of my reaction videos and saw that I do try to put some actual commentary. I don't just laugh and say I liked it and that was it. Right. You know, I, I actually try to talk about it because I'm talking to you guys, you know, so right. it's like a discussion. So. Honestly, like I've been on YouTube now for a couple of years, three years approximately. And I don't know of one, I don't know of two brothers that are doing what Eric and I are doing R really and truly that we were talking about movies and magic and theme parks and vegas and, and, and yeah i don't think so you guys are very eclectic in the guests that you bring on yeah yeah it's yeah like, it's, it's it's our world and we thought about having a, a channel just dedicated to movies or you know just dedicated to money or wealth or law of attraction yeah. and we're just like there's so much more that we want to talk about and we should just kind of be ourselves yeah. When we go out with clients in, because our family owns a global a car service, Eric and I are the owners right. of the global car service. Yeah. And, you know, that's the day job, right? We obviously can't, we can't do that. You know, <laughs> a dollar a day is not going to cut it, <laughs> at, at least not yet. Even by Starbucks. That, right, the 50 cents <laughs> has to be split between my wife and I, and my wife oh just my generally goodness. takes the 50 cents. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm left with nothing. So oh. really, so, you know, we, Eric and I shared a bedroom for 14 years and we're always talking. Oh, or at least I am. I, I was the extrovert. Eric was the introvert. And having Eric yeah. do this podcast has really brought out that extrovert in him. I knew it was always there. Mm. And when we take clients out for, for business lunches or business dinners, because we were doing that every three weeks uh, before COVID. Well, in New York, it was every week, but we would right. be traveling you know, talking, virtually yeah, on a plane yeah. every two to three weeks. Right. And we would talk to people about everything but business. You can't go and be like all sales and be like, can you use our car service? Can you No, it's like what's it like at your career? What's it like making the movies you make? What's it like, you know, running a travel office and a department and how's home life going and never ask like, oh, can you use me? Like it's Right. You know, it's and and yeah. I said and we took the show kind of on the road with with our YouTube channel of saying like this is who we are. We're just we're two normal dudes that live on the North Shore of Long Island and we just love to talk about movies and business and archangels and afterlife and we just had on dr justin sledge this guy is one of the most he's a philosopher he's legit philosopher and he talks about esotericism in like the 1500s and he was fascinating and mm -hmm. we didn't talk about movies we didn't talk about music we spoke about archangels and magic and all that stuff yeah and it was like it's the people that we're meeting on this thing you i it's just it's wonderful it's so much fun. Yeah, you can meet a lot of great people though on on YouTube. Yes, and all we're doing is putting a camera in front of our face because we'd be doing this anyway. Yeah, Erica, this be, is Erica, just you exactly. Yeah, this is the way you guys are. So that's what I tried to bring to my channel as well. Sure. This is how I am. Yes, these are my thoughts. I do get really excited about these <laughs> yes. things. You know. Yeah. No, so, yeah. Sin's Corner is just to me. It's an escape. That's what I love about your channel. It's an escape from learning. It's an escape from <laughs> education. It's a, it's like if you want to go, just go and sit and watch so, a, a good friend because I can I've never met you. I can I consider you a good friend. I feel like yeah, you, you guys you, are great. You've Thank opened you. us up. You've opened us up to your corner, and yeah. you're and we're watching a comedian together, and we're laughing together. It's a genius. It is. It's a James Cameron concept. <laughs> well, but it's it's like okay. So I'm kind of introverted as as well. But like I said, I still like to talk about things that interest me. Most mm -hmm. of the time, it's movies and stories and stuff like that. So that's what why you know in the beginning when I first started doing it, it was really weird to look at the camera and yep. talk and. But then after a while, that camera became you guys. Yes, my friends sitting here in the room with me and we're talking, you can't talk back, 
but this is just me. This is how I would be if we were Beautiful. together. After every live, every, before every live show, Michael and I come on, and I'm like, "All right, what do you want to? Talk, what are we going to talk about?" Every single and, and every single time, time, we're like, "I don't know." And then it's like it's like it's like we come on. I sit down. I turn my lights on. I turn my camera on. I get my microphone. I put my headphones on. Shoot up. And then I'm like I'm like Iron Man and like I'm ready to go. I was ready to say Iron Man. Yeah, I'm like ready to go into battle. And then all of a sudden, it just starts bubbling out. And an hour and a half later, an hour and a half later, we're like, I I think we've said what we had to say. And yeah, you get a little bit nervous before you go on the live streams because I I do kind of because uh, I do live streams with my son. I'm going to do one tonight at nine. We're going to talk about movies from 1986. Um, But I get a little bit nervous because my very first live stream, actually, I was I was quite nervous when I got started because I'd never done it. Mm -hmm. It was on election night. And I was just, I wanted to tune out of all this mess. I'm so sick of it all. 100%. And so I was like, I'm going to live stream playing a video game. Right. So I live streamed playing Gabriel Knight, the first Gabriel Knight, like the remake of it. And it was, it went by so fast and it was so much easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. I don't know, but I still get a little bit nervous before. I had first, our first, yeah. excuse me, Mike, our first live show, I, we didn't know what to expect. I had I didn't know if not one person was going to show up, so we went live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. And, YouTube, yeah. and um, it was overwhelming. The amount oh, everybody, wow. if the Facebook crowd was really excited. Yeah, my son says that he gets a little bit more uh, interaction from Facebook sometimes. Yes, yeah. Facebook is uh, Facebook's a one. I I just joined Facebook in August 2020. Okay, that's oh. the first time I joined Facebook personally. I had one panic attack on air uh, like well, like one and a half and i had i had a meltdown because he had a panic attack because I, 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 I got on and i i was the star in my school play i can talk in front of a billion people does not affect me get on a stage in front of a billion people does not affect me at all but i just wasn't feeling well i had vertigo oh. and i just wasn't feeling oh. great and all of a sudden this the comments started coming in and we had this we we had our first troll we had our first troll and yeah, then we yeah, had people commenting we have this asshole on Facebook and on Twitter, and he's using my picture as his profile. And oh. but you know, then I, then I think I'm like I saw. Yeah, I'm like it's it's unbelievable because then like you see fans, uh, you see other people that are trolling Robert Downey Jr. and it's their Facebook profile. I'm like, you know, what? that's a pretty cool club to be in. Right. Yeah. There I, you go. I had one. That was the one time it was a panic attack. It was like maybe end of November, beginning of December, where I just didn't feel good. It, I didn't. It was I was having an issue talking. And it was done. It was gone. And then I haven't had one since. And I don't, you know, I try to do a little deep, deep, deep breaths. This was a learned skill for me to be able to get up monologue and to, um, to be able to do this. I, I had to study people around me. I had to study my brother, my, my mother, who's, you know, amazing at getting up and talking our aunt Marilyn, who is a great salesperson. She, she is just the, she's Marilyn from the Bronx and her, she could have her own YouTube channel, just talking about meatballs and she'll have, she would have, she would have a million followers. And I just learned from them that you just have to have an arsenal of things that you have to talk about. And, um, I am an introvert, but I learned how to talk, you know? Well, I think you do a very good job. I would never know if, if you guys hadn't brought it up before. Really? Yeah. I, like no, I wouldn't. Cause you, you seem very comfortable. We should do, I don't know how it's possible. We should do a live cast with sin on her oh, channel and our fun. channel. We should, we should watch a movie and we should that'd like, be fun. we should, we should watch it. We should watch like, there will be blood with her. Oh my we gosh. Like, Eric, my <laughs> <Aaron> <laughs> action. She's going to be like, <laughs> why does everybody love him <laughs> we should do honestly we should do a terminator 2 live stream we should watch terminator 2 the three of us and i want to hear because like i know what your favorite movie is eric you know you know what my favorite movie is i know what my wife but like i want to i want sin's reaction oh, to terminator 2 that movie i see i just get happy just thinking about it like no. i just and, and the only way to watch it is to watch the extended edition 100%. that is the only way on oh, la- on laser disc well, I don't have laser disc. <laughs> so listen, everybody, uh, check out Sin's Corner on YouTube. Uh, if you like this show, please subscribe. Uh, be totally appreciated. And uh, like, share, go to Sin's channel and uh, and check her out over there. The link will be down in the uh, in the in the description below. Oh, I and want you guys to come on my channel. You need to let me interview you sometime. We would love to. Love it. You name the date and time. We are there. Sin, well, you guys are pretty booked. Love your. I mean, uh, yeah, it's we can spare an hour. 
you, you know. Eric, let's throw out some dates. You have Sin's email address, right? Yeah. Let's throw out some dates and Sin, you tell us what dates you have available and we'll, you know, and if we don't, okay. we'll work around it. I, I would love to be on your channel. I'm, I'm pretty flexible. You know, I work from home, so, you know, right. I can... I, I can, I'm busy, but I can always shift things around. It's it's easier for me than maybe you know people that might work outside the home or whatever. But uh, you have you have an amazing channel. We are so appreciative that we. I love that. Friends. Yeah, we're creating like our our a YouTube click. YouTube, and like, it's right. it's like I think that's really um, important for growth. With the yeah. support that other creators give each other. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we just met Dana Boulan, who has idea. I, idea what michael idea studio idea studio we interviewed him beard, you know uh, josh from suburban beard really really such a really uh tight-knit positive community on youtube and eric and i are mm -hmm. so proud to be a part of it and really we're really proud to call you a friend sin uh, oh, thank you so much i feel love, the same you guys are great thank you love thank what you. you're doing and we appreciate you you know joining us and hang on one second we're gonna log off and uh i want to talk to you about manuscript editing all right everybody like subscribe and share thank you for tuning to oak and bro see y'all later bye yeah. everyone bye bye